In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, Paul says to the saints in Colossae, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless our brief thought tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the gifts, Lord, that you give us, the talents that you give us, Father, the abilities that we each have and Varying measures, perhaps, Father, but whatever you give to us, Father, help us to dedicate it, Lord, to offer it to you to do with as you please and as you choose, as we glorify you in any way that you call us to, Father, to whatever measure that we can, to whatever capability we have. Father, help us always seek to give you everything that we have. And we thank you for it, Father. Thank you that you're worthy of everything that we might offer. Bless us now as we consider your word, Lord. And help us to be appreciative of the opportunity to sing your praise. We give you the glory and the praise tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you were here for the hour and a half or so prior to service, and you probably partook in our Christmas jam, that annual... Oh, that annual time we come together and let the kids break out their instruments and their respective music makers uh, and the like, and we... Well, we sing to the glory of the Lord is what we do, and we play instruments to the glory of the Lord, perhaps to a measure that we don't typically do doing it during a service, uh, and I enjoy it. Uh, we do it every year, and we do it every year at this time because we celebrate this season where most people who recognize, even to the smallest measure, uh, that time of Christ's birth, and we recognize and honor that, and we bring the focus to Christ by singing those words and singing those songs that glorify him, even if they are perhaps more often set aside for this season. Uh, Every one of those songs we sang tonight, you know, we don't sing fluffy songs in this assembly. We don't sing fluffy songs during the Christmas jam, and by fluffy I mean jingle bells. I have no problem with jingle bells. I've sung Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer I don't know how many times, and with all the extra little like-a-light-bulb things attached to it, you know, I've done, I've done that, and probably so have you. We don't sing jingle bells in this building, not because we're too haughty, but because it doesn't glorify the Lord. Not one space in jingle bells does it talk about Jesus. And so we bring the focus to him in these songs that are set aside typically. Again, typically. Every now and then we'll have a Hark the Herald Angel sing called out in June. I'm, I'm down with it. You know, I'm good. That's fine if that's what you choose, but they are Christmas time songs typically. It's what we're called to do as believers is sing to the glory of the Lord, to make music to the glory of the Lord. It's what we do in this assembly and other assemblies do as well, and we do it for a reason, and we do it rightly so. Uh, We see it all through history, all through Bible history, that that has been something that the Lord has not only set aside, not only allowed his people to do, but even called us to do as his people, to sing, to sing to his glory. In Exodus chapter 15, there are a couple of different places I'll just take you to for couple of different scriptural examples of those times when, well, when it's set aside and, and shown to be set aside to sing to the glory of the Lord in certain, in certain occasions. In Exodus chapter 15, we see Moses and the children of Israel singing during a time or after a time of deliverance, singing to the glory of the Lord. And I'll just read you a portion of that. Just after the Red Sea came back crashing in on the Egyptians, right? Exodus 15 and verse 1. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, 
I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Who has triumphed? He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. We do praise him and we can sing songs well after those times of deliverance in our own respective lives. Second Chronicles chapter 29. Oftentimes, as we have tonight already together and before service, we sing in collective assembly, sing in collective worship as God's people come together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of such is. We gather together and we sing. We sing to his, to his glory. Second Chronicles 29, verse 28, in the days of Hezekiah, when Hezekiah was helping to bring the people of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, back into the appropriate worship of the Lord. We see in verse 28 of Second Chronicles 29, So all the assembly worshipped. What did the singers do? The singers sang. They were appointed to do so. The singers sang and the trumpeters sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had finished offering, the king and all who were present with him bowed and worshipped. It's all part together. It's all brought in together, a part of worshiping and honoring that God. who We might not see, but we know that he's there. And we sing to him, praise him so. Moreover, King Hezekiah and the leaders commanded the Levites to sing praise to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer, uh, authors of many psalms between the two of them. So they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshiped. It's something that we do when we come together. And it's something that is designated to be done. I won't take you there, but you can read in Matthew 26, verse 30, after that last supper that Jesus enjoyed with his disciples. What did they do? When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, we can read there. Jesus sung to the glory of his Father. Oftentimes, we don't gather together. We're not always together here with these ones that we assemble with. Sometimes we're all by ourselves. And we can sing in those times too. When we're alone with our thoughts, Psalm chapter 77 We're alone with our meditations, we're alone with our anxieties, alone with our fears perhaps, alone with our concerns. David had all of those things. And what did he do when he was troubled? He says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. David was troubled in this time. It's in those times that we're troubled. It's in those times when we're joyful. It's in those times when we're curious and pondering. It's in those times when we're hopeful. Any of those times are times when we can bring back a song that will help us to remember. Uh, To glorify God, but certainly specific ways. It's because of that song that I can quote, (laughs) one of the few scriptures that I feel like I can quote most of the time. I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Because of that song that I've sung since I was three years old, perhaps. The Lord brings those things to us in those songs. Also, we can understand that not only in the past do we sing to the glory of the Lord, but we can look all the way in those times to come. Revelation chapter 5, singing and music is certainly a part of the makeup and a part of the activity that those ones in the midst and around the throne that we've been considering at length on our Wednesday night studies, it's part of what they will be doing. The victorious one will be doing just that. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. 
It's part of what they do. It's part of what comprises their life here in this natural life. And it's part of what will be taking place for all of eternity. Why does God have us sing? Why does He have us make music? He's directed that to be incorporated into our worship, directed that to be incorporated into part of our prayer life. He's directed that to be a part of who we are as His believers. I have two reasons why I believe that God has singing and music as part of our Christian experience, you might say. The first is because music moves people. Music tends to stir people. Uh, That's not always a good thing, I'll be honest with you. I was at a concert just recently and I heard a piece of music. And and from time to time, I'm not just one who just swoons over music, but I love music, don't get me wrong. And I will tell you, I was sitting there and I was listening to this music and I was like, man, that is stirring. Just a whole, you know, I don't listen to a lot of choral music, but sometimes when I do and when it's really good and particularly when it's live, man, it can stir me. It can move me. And I was captured in a moment. When it was nothing but, but bass, baritone, uh, all of these, this men's choral group, and they were singing this beautiful, beautiful tune. And I was like, man, that is so stirring. And then I caught some of the words, and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be stirred by, <laughs> stirred by this. And I looked it up real quick, and it was exalting not Jesus, but Jesus' mother, as oftentimes is the case uh, in some of those settings. And quickly I realized just how we can be moved emotionally by the things that should not move us emotionally at all, or, or this subject matter that should not be moving us, right? And so we must be careful. But that being said, God knows that those things can move us. And He uses good, well, moving, stirring things to couple and perhaps mingle with the Spirit and stir us into a certain Well, a certain place of feeling and a certain measure of emotion. He understands the appeal of music to people. He understands how it can fix itself in our memory. And we can remember, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able, and so on and so forth. He knows it can stir, and he knows it applied in the right and the correct and the godly manner. It can affix his word. It can affix that understanding of scripture that will remind and encourage. And, well... Move us to consider a godly message from him to our hearts. It can, it can bring that. And that's what it speaks of there in Colossians 3.16, where we're actually teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. Brother Joel had some commentary after we sang each song, not each one necessarily, but after every so often, after a song, he would bring out something. The songs teach us, admonish us in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Even if he hadn't said a word, those things can teach us things. Teach us well, what the Lord has for us in a moment or in a moment to come. As we sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. So, it's not just for the beauty. It's not just for the stirring, certainly. It's not for our own celebration, I can tell you that. I've heard some... some well, some singers sing up here that I'm like, I could hear that song again. That was beautiful. Absolutely it was. But we don't do it to listen to them. I appreciate it when it's brought in beauty and brought in a manner that can stir naturally. But man, when it has the words that stir the spirit, that's what it's intended to do. So we must find that place. We must find that place. You can acknowledge and understand when your voice, your music, someone else's voice or music is beautiful. But it's the message behind it that matters. And make sure that we seek the Lord to help us to separate those things and be moved in the appropriate way. Um, that's what Paul was saying when he reminded, reminded the Colossians in the next verse. He says, whatever you do in word and deed, 
when it's singing, when it is bringing music. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, according to His will, giving glory to the fathers we considered here recently, giving thanks to God, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Yes, the Lord uses music because it stirs us. Now, what's the second reason I told you I had too? Well, the second reason I think that the Lord uses music is because it doesn't always stir us. What do I mean by that? Well, there are those times when people stand up here and the music is beautiful and it hits us right in the feels, perhaps, because it's such a perfect chord change. And there are other times when we might hear, I'm not, I'll leave this platform aside, but there are other times when there might be quite the message coming through. And the deliverer of that message, the vessel, perhaps, well, is failing to stir us, failing to move us. But the Lord still has a message nonetheless. Sometimes the very act of singing is something that we don't, well, we find disagreeable, perhaps. And there is something to be said about making ourselves vulnerable as we honor the Lord and glorify Him. There's something to be said, and oftentimes the Lord uses those things all that we wouldn't want to do. You know, people ask me, why would he use speaking in tongues as the evidence? Well, because most people don't want to do that. I'll be honest with you. Most people wouldn't choose that. And it's something that brings us out of our comfort zone and brings us even to our knees, perhaps. It's a good place to be when we're glorifying God. Sometimes it humbles us, and sometimes it's absolutely not what we want to do. And when we put ourselves aside and focus on the Lord... Well, like that chorus that we sing. Let us... See, I'm not going to remember it now. Let us uh, put aside ourselves, right? Concentrate on Him and worship Him. Something along those lines. That's what we're called to do. I think that the Lord uses it because it disagrees with us from time to time. And I'd rather hear, regardless, I'd rather hear a poorly sung rendition of an A.S. Copley song. (laughs) That isn't perhaps the most musically and tonally pleasing song. I'd rather hear that brought from someone who can barely carry a pitch than the most beautiful rendition of Ave Maria or something along those lines. Saints, music is given to us to glorify God, whether it's something that moves us and stirs us naturally or something that does exactly the opposite. The Lord has it presented to us for us to partake in, even if we're not singing, There are times when he wants to bring a message to you, perhaps through a vessel or a means, a conduit that you wouldn't have chosen for yourself, and you might not find naturally stirring, but there's something there for some reason, and that's to glorify God. So we will in this assembly keep on singing to the glory of God in services and in special gatherings and the like to glorify him. We'll consider one another, stir up one another in love and good works. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing psalms, right? That's what we do. We speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So sing and enjoy the singing that is done to the glory of God.